Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? Harry Maguire versus Johnny Evans. Oh, Johnny Evans. Harry Evans. Maguire versus Steve Bruce. Steve Bruce. Harry Maguire versus Wes Brown. Wes Brown all day. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. The Late Night LOI Pod, live every Friday at 10pm on Twitter Spaces. Follow at Off The Ball. League of Ireland late night it is Nathan Murphy with you and I am joined I hope and I think by Shane Keegan and by Johnny Ward good evening Shane Nathan how are you keeping I'm very well it has been quite the night in the League of Ireland Shamrock Rovers for the second Friday night in a row have been beaten the champions this time Going down 1-0 to St. Patrick's Athletic. Chris Forrester with the goal. Cracking atmosphere at Richmond Park. But a 1-0 win for St. Pat's, who, despite their struggles of the past week, suddenly find themselves level on points with Shamrock Rovers. Derry City, top of the Premier Division after four games. A 1-0 win away at Shelburne. Patrick McElhenney, the only goal in that one. Drogheda United, what a night for them. First win of the season, a 4-2 victory against UCD, while it finished one all between Finn Harps and Bohemians. If you're on your way home from any of these games, you know how this League of Ireland late night works right now. It is your phone-in show. We want you to get in touch over the next hour. Tell us what you think about your team's performance. Tell us how you reflect on the opening couple of weeks of the season. Are things going as you would expect it? Are they going a little bit better? Or are some frustrations starting to creep in, particularly if you're coming home from Richmond Park as a Pats fan who maybe are a bit confused by these opening performances and likewise as a Shamrock Rovers fan wondering what the hell is going on on these Friday nights. But first, I think there's really only one place to start and that is at Terryland Park in Galway where Johnny Ward, I believe, has finally made it to a game. Indeed, Nathan. This is when uh, this when this show really comes uh, into its own for the likes of me, because I'm here beside Julian Canny, uh, who wants to get on the show last week, but was snubbed by you, and he's driving us back to Dublin now. And I want to check in on uh, everything else that happened. Uh, great night in Terryland. It was just a cracking start to season, Nathan. And like to see uh, Stephen uh, Walsh come on, having played centre back, left back for most of his career, like one of United's longest serving players. To be sent on up front in a in a strange and unprecedented tactical move, and to play brilliantly and score the equaliser, great night in Terryland. Uh, a two 0 down, Johnny. Were you calling for John Caulfield's head? I was born abuse at him at half time and said, Get out of my club. And I did say I did say to you you like this, Shane. I did say to Julian at half time, I was like, We ain't gonna be winning any title this season and now I just can't wait for the next game because it was a complete game of two halves. Watford were absolutely dominant in the first half. I was wondering like we didn't we couldn't pass the ball, we didn't have any chance, and they left with ten men barely clinging on and and thanking Brian Murphy that they clung on uh, for a uh, point. So it was uh so in terms by, of the by the it, final it, by the final whistle, Johnny, are you convinced you are gonna win the title? You wouldn't be a man to change your opinion that quick or be be that whimsical, would you? No, I would. That's the whole point, Shane. I actually would. <laughs> um, I think. I think the spirit that they showed in the second half is just like we we're in the title race, and I put it that way. And if we have a title race in the Premier, I think we might have won in the first as well. It was a brilliant battle performance, but good good bits of quality in the second half from United, which was very encouraging. Johnny, the the other thing I feel obliged to say because you've given Stephen Walsh such a build up there is 
I've I've also seen I've also seen playing goal. I was at a, wow. I was at a game. I was at a game one night when he was playing for Moorview, and they had no sub keeper on on the bench when the keeper got sent off. So he he jumped in goal and did a good job there. So he really is the ultimate jack of all trades. Yeah, I was like he was kind of preferred a bit Nathan to Alex Murphy uh, in some games last season, and uh, you know particularly towards the end of the season, which frustrated me. But like when when he did come on, we were saying we do remember Walsh playing up front like must be ten, twelve years ago at this stage, and he wasn't bad. And Alex Murphy was amazing at times tonight. I mean, what a prospect! But Walsh, he he took his goal so well, like he was he really took it like a striker. And uh, there was a beautiful moment at the end of the game. It's a photo I put up on Instagram where he came over to the near side where there were. Like there were about two and a half thousand at the game, came over to the near side of the ground, was greeted by his two kids, his young son and daughter, hugged them, brought them onto the pitch, and John Caulfield came over and gave him a hug, and it was just a great end to a beautiful night. Uh, so, some, somehow I ended up muted there, of all things. <laughs> Johnny, did you do that? Shane, what were you watching tonight? I had an absolutely riveting nil-nil draw. Uh, unfortunately, such is is my new role that the uh, the treaty one was the one that I was uh, again watching from the comfort of my home. I'm afraid, but uh, yeah, it's the game everyone wants to talk about. Cove Ramblers nil, Treaty United nil. You've got twenty seconds, Shane. Sell it to us. It, no, it's not as it definitely wasn't as bad as as the scoreline suggests. So it wasn't. It was actually a decent game. So it was um, very very much so. It just yeah, it was like it was it was decent up until kind of the end product, if that makes sense. It was decent up until the end product, and and that's where both teams will absolutely need to say be looking to uh, be looking to improve. I think Treaty would take it as a good result. They're off to a good start, and and Cove is like. You know, it, I know it's it's the cliche, but it is a it is a really really tough place to go because the pitch is. You've gone off mic there, Shane. Now, whatever you've done to yourself. Ah, can you hear me? He's back. He's back. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Cove is this kind of place where if, if you're chasing the ball on the sideline and the ball goes marching over the line, it, like you have no space. You're running straight into a wall. Um, it's one of those kind of places. So it is a tough place to go. Um, but yeah, not not the greatest game in the world, that's for sure. So happy enough to talk about the, the rest of them. All right, let's get to some of our callers. If this is your first time tuned in to League of Ireland late night, if word is getting around, you're thinking, yes, this is the best way to spend my Friday nights in the company of the three of us. <laughs> Uh, well, what you got to do is just go down to the bottom left-hand side. You can click on request. We'll see that you want to talk. Uh, what we do want is that you have your real name there so that we aren't getting too many lunatics of a Friday evening. And just come on, tell us what you're thinking about your game tonight, about your club. Uh, we'll give you a few minutes. We'll give you your airing. You can also use the hashtag LOI Late Night. We've kind of rotated with Late night LOI or LOI late night. We're going to stick with hashtag LOI late night. I'll keep an eye on that if you have any comments as well. And of course, if you're driving, pull in. You know, we don't want the guards stopping any more of our League of Ireland late night listeners uh, for the second week in a row. So let's go to Bobby Harper, who I'm guessing from your colours on your Twitter account. Bobby, are you a Bulls fan? Hello. Hiya, Bobby. How's it going? Oh, hi, how's it going? Uh, you're um, welcome um, to League of Ireland I, late night. We, thank you very much. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I just like to talk about the, the handing out of yellow cards at the match at FN Parks night. 
Um, Six in the first half. It was just, it was just crazy. It was, um, it wasn't a dirty game by any stretch. I thought, I couldn't believe. Uh, I think Bose got two. I think uh, Finn Harps got four. Um, and I, uh, it's hard to see how how at least three or four of them were given at all. Being honest with you, you know who was repping Bobby? Pardon? You know who was repping? Oh, do you know I didn't, I didn't I didn't get the guy's name. Being honest with you, um, and that like uh, um, but uh. I just thought it was bad. Even at the very end, uh, when Promise was sent off, it was just—it's just hard to see. I think, like, we're trying to professionalize the league here, trying to keep the standards up, and it's been like the, the quality has been so good, and it's improving all of the time. And I think that one of the biggest issues that we have with with the league and with trying to sell the league really is the standard of refereeing. It's just appalling. The issue tonight was it just one of those where he gave the first yellow card too early and it sort of set a precedent? Um, I don't think that it was that even when the card was given. I think that he, the, the card just kept coming out. That, that's what the problem was. You know, you can give a guy, um, you know, for, for making a mistake, maybe misreading a situation or that. Um, but like they, it was like it was they just kept coming out it was like they were like in quick succession i suppose which made uh, it yeah yeah i'm just lo- i'm just looking at it here bobby like it, you'd look looking at it here i would have thought there had to be some sort of a skirmish where there, like was there a row that a few boys were, like there's literally one two three four five six yellow cards in an eight minute period yeah but no, there was no, there was no melee run. No, there? no. It, I mean, it was a tough game. It was a, there was a great battle between uh, Promise and um, and Ethan Boyle. I thought it was pretty tough. Like they're fairly, uh, fairly, uh, fairly tough defenders on that. And um, and uh, and I thought, like I know he got Promise got booked at the for shoving over um, one of their defenders out of frustration, um, but. Oh, it, no, no, there was nothing that, that nothing in there that could warrant uh, anything. Like there was, a, it was immediately brought to peace, like by other players. I just thought it was it was pointless exercise, and in the end, Promise got sent off for but, nothing. How Bobby, did Ollie Morgan not get sent off? <laughs> they, they they actually booked they actually booked um the the Finn, the Finn Harps um assistant coach. Uh, I'd say Ollie was uh, was 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 ready in the bullets at at that point, and uh, and the yellow card just missed him. Bobby, can I can I just ask? I suppose because he's a, a player and have a particular interest in how how did Jordan Flores do for you tonight? Jordan, he did okay. I mean, one thing I'll say this: I'll give um, Finn Harps a lot of credit. Like, they they played their game and they did not allow Bowes to play their game. Like, it was a really really tough um, tough game. I thought for Bowes. I thought the, we can give out about the pitch, which I did on Twitter. The pitch was horrible. It was a typical cold night up in Bali Buffet, and uh, and that. But, but like, you have to give credit for uh, to Finn Harps for what they did. Jordan Flores played well you know he you know i thought um i thought dawson didn't really get into the game like he could have but it was just wasn't that type of a game it wasn't a, mm. a game for a purist shane I, i'm always undecided on the referee conversations because it is such a constant talking point in the league of ireland and think back to last season and waterford and the never-ending back and forth that seemed to go on and just even remember the night out in tallow when when rovers played waterford and Waterford are so agreed at every decision. Only for the only for Bertram losing the rag every two seconds, I wouldn't have thought there was anything wrong with the referee's performance. You know, got most things right, ninety percent right, one or two wrong. But 
Like, there's this insane focus, which makes it almost like maybe there is a lack of quality around there, but it's very hard to improve when you're under that level of scrutiny constantly that managers, whether you get it right or wrong, are going to hammer you. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with you. I suppose my big thing with it, Nathan, is I, I can absolutely accept that referees will make mistakes. And, you know, I'd probably argue, yeah, that at League of Ireland level, they probably do make too many of them. For me, the big, big thing is how they conduct themselves as a person on the pitch. I mean, you can you can have uh, you can have a referee who has a bad night, but so long as I just I just love a bit of communication from them. Like there's a reason why Alan Kelly was head and shoulders the best referee in the league. Like uh, he, could, I suppose one better way of putting it, he he sort of felt like that when you met him, he actually wouldn't mind going for a pint with him. He could nearly have screwed you over and you'd still have brought him to the pub and, got, and bought him a pint. Because he just yeah. had a communication style. For me, I know some people disagree, but for me, Neil Doyle, I, I like Neil Doyle for that same reason. Neil Doyle, again, he won't get everything right, but you know he'll explain to me what his thinking was and he will say, I might have got that wrong, but here's what I was thinking. And once I'm getting that as a manager, once I'm getting that, I'm reasonably happy. I know for fans, it's probably a different day. Uh, I know a couple of referees and uh, I, I, I think what Shane says is spot on. It's the referees who are aloof and arrogant and don't explain themselves. Like, we all make mistakes. Refereeing is extremely difficult and you're talking about the faster the game gets, the harder it is at times. But after Bowes, Shamrock Rovers last season when there was that controversial sending off affinity, which I thought was a red card and I was texting Paul McLaughlin afterwards and he was saying, yeah, looking back now, I'm not really sure. Like, And he was happy to say himself then that like you know I uh, it was a big decision and I'm not even sure myself I got it right and I admire that because like referees have extremely tough decisions to make and uh, it's just once they kind of conduct themselves with like a bit of um, you know a bit of a bit of decency and talk to players I think players will will happily think yeah okay you might have gotten that wrong but at least you're a man enough to say maybe I did get it wrong uh, did he know you were going to repeat what he told you um, it's a year ago now so like we probably don't care um, is that the statute I, of limitations for referee conversations there are two referees I kind of we talked a bit in the league and one of them is, is Alan Patchell and he was doing the game tonight in Terryland and he did his first Premier Division game uh, the Sprinkler game in Belfield the other night and funnily enough he had a really really uh, debatable call uh, where Wordsworth was on a yellow card and he brought down Mikey Rowe in an advanced position and for me it was an 80-20 yellow card and he didn't give it and I, I, I'll be intrigued now if he's going to come on the show I might try and get him on the show to explain himself because uh, it was a big big call but yeah, the general point being made about there being too many yellow cards I think I, I, I'm sure you agree Shane I think yellow cards are just given out for far too many honest challenges when the referee can just let the game go yeah yeah 100% and, and you know sometimes it's sometimes it's 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 the referee getting a call wrong and sometimes it's the referee trying to make sure that he takes the box of the assessor up in the stand. And I mean, that yeah. is a big, big part of it. You know, you will meet the assessor at all of these games. Um, and, so, you know, I'd say there are definitely instances, Nathan, where a referee is going, oh, like, I really don't want to fill out a yellow card here, but I'm going to get a wrap in the knuckles from the assessor if I don't, because by the letter of the law, that is a yellow card. I'm looking at a replay of the red card. Was it a straight red or a second yellow? in the last minute in Galway no up in, up in Finn Harps oh sorry yeah yeah yeah. there was a late red in Galway as well which was a straight oh. red Bobby was that was that a straight red or a second yellow I think it was a second yellow either way he's obviously sent him off for what he believes is an elbow 
Yeah. And it's more a 50-50 challenge where, which we see a million times, his arm is up. There's no swing of the elbow whatsoever. No. So uh, I've, I've played devil's advocate to defend the referee, but I think, uh, yeah, he got that one badly wrong. Uh, Bobby, next Friday night, it's going to be an absolute sellout at Tallah Stadium. Rovers against Bowes. Uh, unfortunately, it's not going to be on the TV, but uh, a win for Bowes. And you go above Rovers five games into the season. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, John, I was, I was thinking during the middle of the the, the match there, um, what we would have we could have lost that match um, tonight um, because we had a terrible night, first nine games uh, uh, last year. Um, so far this year, we've uh, we we picked up two draws and we've uh, beaten Pats, who are fancied at the start of the season. Um, I think going to Shamrock Rovers after them losing two in a row uh, is going to be very difficult for us, um, but. I think on a good pitch, and I think if we play like we did against Pats, and that's that side that we have, will have had, and you know another game tonight to kind of gel. Um, I know Max, Max Murphy made his debut tonight, so guys are getting some minutes on. I think um, I think we'll put it up to them next week. All right, Bobby. Thanks a million. Call in again to League of Ireland late night, Bobby. There watching Finn Harps against Bowles, where it does seem the referee is going to be the main talking point. We had a scatter of yellow cards in the first half, a late red card as well. We'd love to get some Shamrock. I don't think we've had a Shamrock Rover supporter on yet. Have we had one? I think we might have had one on the first night. But two wins from four games, beaten tonight by St Patrick's Athletic after the defeat to Derry last week. Chris Forrester scored the only goal tonight. It looked like an absolutely cracking atmosphere, full house down at Richmond Park. I know you two didn't get to see the game. I was watching it. And while Rovers were probably the better team in the first half and created a couple of good opportunities for Ronan Finn and Danny Mandreu, it wasn't vintage stuff again. And even when Forrester got the goal, you sort of expect Rovers as what we think and what we believe to be the best team in the league with all the attacking talent they have, with all the experience they have, that they go and lay siege on that same Pat's goal. And... Never really happened. Just the one point for Pat's Nathan. I thought Forrester was exceptional. The front front two never massively got into it. Uh, I didn't think the goal. I don't want to say it was against the run of play. It was from a set piece. It was poor defending for the set piece uh, for Forrester to get the goal. Uh, it was more, I think, on Rovers and and who didn't perform. You know, Jack had a. You know, much quieter game than he had on Monday night, probably summed up by a free kick right at the end, pretty much the last kick of the game, a free kick on the left-hand side of the penalty area, literally an inch outside the area. Everybody is piled into the box waiting for this special delivery. And it has gone about 300 yards straight over the top of the crossbar. And maybe we're seeing some of the signs of some of the issues, Johnny, that Stephen Bradley faces because a lot of people were wondering what, Graham Burke's celebration was like on Monday night when, you know, I need to be on the pitch. He was back on the bench despite two goals off the bench already. Uh, Danny Mandrea was taken off through the second half to be replaced by Graham Burke. He didn't look happy coming off. It looked as though the Rovers backroom team were having to have a word with him. So it's not perfect at Rovers and there's an opportunity for Bowles next Friday night. Yeah, like that. I think that was the one thing people, and you may have said people were clutching at straws. The one thing that they could pick on Rovers this season, say, like they have so many midfielders and you know attacking players that they have to keep happy. But um, I don't know. Like I was probably accused of writing a bit too much into the Presidents' Cup, but I thought they were they didn't look great that night. I didn't think they looked great in general in the league since they've. And if if Pats had lost tonight, Nathan, they'd be they'd have dropped nine points out of twelve. And the fact that Rovers have already lost two games. It really sets it up nicely, and this will be a little bit of a challenge for Stephen Bradley because you know 
you can see that whatever the Graham Brock celebration was about, he didn't look happy. Um, and a lot of their players are probably, you know, they want to play every week and they're probably playing a bit in and out as a consequence of that. And Jack coming back in as much as Jack is brilliant, that does kind of move the jigsaw pieces around a bit elsewhere. And it's a massive win for Pats. And despite the fact Owen Doyle has yet to score in four games, um, they'll be happy enough after the week they've had. Like I, I know I'm stating the obvious here, Nathan, but but it, it makes Stephen Bradley's job so much harder in that when you're when you are when you're winning games, okay, and let's say Rovers got off to a start and, and they won first three or four in a row, like those players who are unhappy, like you just have to grin and bear it, don't you? Like you can't you know, you can't kick up a fuss, you just Well you couldn't bear it for you couldn't bear it for a month. But if you're great, if you're great, if you're great, Burke now, and you're sitting on the bench, and you've watched Rovers lose two of their first four games, you're not going to sit quietly but, for too much longer. Point, no, that's exactly my point. My point is, if they go, if they had gone and won them, well, now you 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 have no complaints. You can't complain because you're like, well, he keeps picking the winning team. He might be leaving me out, but the team he's picking is winning. But when now you've got a group of fellas who all feel they should be in the starting eleven, you've got probably twenty fellas who feel they should be in the starting eleven. And rather than having to sit there and just suck it up because you're winning every week, now they're all now they're all braver. Now they're putting out their chest, and now they are. They feel like they can go and and, and knock on on Stephen Bradley's door and say, you know, you know, why was I left out? And and Sherlock didn't it show in the performance, didn't it show in the result? And you know, it, it just I know obviously winning games makes or losing games makes life harder, but particularly in the position that he finds himself at the moment in in not that he's going to try and keep everybody happy, but trying to give trying to keep everybody in line is probably the best way of putting it. The big loser tonight at Richmond Park was actually myself because on Sunday I'm commentating on the Manchester Derby with Brian Kerr and we're going to meet each other in Dublin Airport at 9am on Sunday morning and we probably will be in each other's company for a good 15 hours straight and he's going to be insufferable after that. But I am going to teach him how to use Twitter and next Friday night I'm hoping we may get the Brian Kerr debut on League of Ireland late night. If we had him on tonight I'd say we'd be here until about 3 in the morning. It's, it's a mad win. I mean, they had lost three games in a row after the start that they've had. Like, we all overreact to a couple of sequences of results, but, like, they had a really tough start to the season. Shells away wasn't easy, and then they had three difficult games, and, you know, I thought Tim Clancy could have very frustrated figure Monday night in his post-match interview, but um, massive for them to bounce back, and, like, you know, we didn't want... Um, you know, we, we had Declan McBinnett on our podcast last season, Nathan. One of the things he was saying that the League of Ireland badly needed in terms of TV was a, a title race. And yeah. like we haven't actually had that many of them, really. Since kind of Cork and Dundalk, it's been a bit of a formality in some respects most of the time. And it's very early days. But at this stage, for Rovers have dropped two points, two, two defeats already. They look shaky enough defensively at times as well. Um, it's, it's, it's fantastic for the title race. If you were at Richmond Park tonight, a Pats fan, a Rovers fan... Just click on the bottom left-hand corner request. We'll see you there. We'll bring you on. You can give your thoughts on everything that we're talking about. It is League of Ireland Late Night. You can use the hashtag LOI Late Night as well. Just before we move on, we're going to talk to Ian Heaton about UCD, who've had a really disappointing start to the season. Shane, the, the one thing is that maybe Stephen Bradley can look at with all the talent that there is, is a change in system. So he's playing still with the 3-4-2-1. And... Almost in every game this season, the wing-backs, it feels like they've really struggled. And that, down that left-hand side in particular, Ferrugia again has picked up another injury. Uh, Andy Lyons tonight, they're asking them to play so far advanced that they're constantly being caught on the counter-attack. 
do you look at the Rover squad at the moment and think there is another way of playing? I don't, to be honest. No, no, no. I, I get where you're coming from, but I think um, I think Bradley and Cronin's focus on the training ground will be to do do what they're doing, but do it to a higher standard. I mean, you know, they've got so many centre midfielders that how do you, like it's hard enough to squeeze them all in when you're playing a box four. Imagine changing from a box four to a midfield three. Now, how the hell do you they go about squeezing in the amount of players that they've got in in terms of centre midfield areas? I I think things took off for Shamrock Rovers when when Stephen Bradley kind of found that formation. I I do think it is the formation that best suits their players. I think they're struggling a little bit at the moment. I don't think that'll lead them to abandon the system. I think it'll lead them to just try and why is it not working at the moment? How do we do this better? I, I would be really surprised to see him abandon the shape, to be honest with you. Junior was pointing out as well, just on the way to the game, they're not absolutely loaded with defensive cover in the central three positions. The the sub goalkeeper isn't isn't especially highly rated, but at the top the man as who himself didn't have a great season last season. So like if you look at Pats, Pats have Plenty of cover in terms of their, their sub-goalkeeper was a good goalkeeper in a very good season last season. Um, the problem for Pats might be in midfield if, if things, uh, you know, if the victory is Forrester or Lennon. But uh, we haven't we haven't mentioned Derry that much, Nathan. Like, that was a massive win for them. And I, I think Derry defensively have been very good so far. I think that's three clean, one goal per season in their last three. Um, and Rovers, that dressing room will just be an interesting place tonight. Derry fans, get in touch. If you're driving home, you've probably got about another hour before the Roman charges kick in. So give us the call now. Click on the bottom left-hand corner. We're going to go to Dermot Looney, but a quick shout-out, I think, for Anang in the Pats goal as well because uh, we questioned him quite a bit after the President's Cup. Didn't have a good night that night. Had one ropey moment tonight, but uh, I thought it was really impressive, actually, in goal for Pats tonight. So another bright spark uh, for them. Uh, Dermot Looney is with us, a St. Pats fan, uh, a happy St. Pats fan because, as Johnny said, Dermot... uh, you know, if you had lost tonight, it's three defeats in a row. And after all the, I won't say hype, but there was an expectation the Pats maybe, maybe could be one of those clubs to run Rovers close. And here you are, four games in, level on points with them. Yeah, hi lads, how are you? Um, the show is great, by the way. Keep up the good work. Uh, and hello to Johnny. Um, look, I think Pats were excellent tonight. I think one thing you mentioned, Nathan, and I think something that's absolutely worth noting for, for any fan who maybe didn't get to see the game was how good Chris Forrester was. Um, he was by far the best player on show tonight. I mean, we're all having a bit of a laugh saying how much better he was than Jack Bourne. Jack Bourne showed, showed a few touches of his class. I think that last kick he had, though, was being found down at the Black Lion at the crossroads in Inchy Core. Um, but Forrester was just magnificent tonight in terms of his fitness, in terms of getting stuck in, which is you know an element people have criticised him about. But if we watch him closely in the past couple of years, he's really added that to his game in terms of his tackling was fierce tonight. He scored a head of goal, which is rare enough for him. And he was excellent. But J- Johnny mentioned there about Jamie Lennon. Now, Jamie Lennon didn't play tonight. He wasn't on the bench. So young Adam O'Reilly, who's on loan, um, started in centre midfield with Forrester. And I thought he was absolutely superb as well. His energy was was brilliant. Um, he, he helped kind of get the ball from the back four, which has been a problem for Pats in the past few games, uh, and run the show. And that energy kind of helped him. So look, you know, Rob's got a score for certainly a few chances, but, but I thought Pats were decent. Did the, did the banker come back in? No, banker wasn't playing at all, John. He didn't come off the bench. He was on it. Um, and I think a lot of people expected a banker to come in at right full for Pats. Jack Scott had a very difficult game against Bowles. People would have seen mm. the goal. But he did really well tonight. And that's great for a young fellow like him as well. Uh, high pressure. Another just thing I wanted to mention as well, Nathan, was the crowd. Um, sold mm. out. Great atmosphere. I mean, Richmond Park doesn't sell out very often. It's, I don't know, five or ten times I can remember Richmond selling out. So... 
Really great buzz around the place. Really great crowd. Um, I don't think Pats are going to be challenged for the title this year, but that's a great win for them. Um, uh, and maybe kick things on from there. They were definitely more solid at the back tonight. I think that's the, the big advantage, but I think that solidity also comes from central midfield. Dermot, Dara Burns was brilliant at times as well tonight. We Everyone saw him opening night of the season and that goal against Shells, but 19 years of age. Like the quality of his passing and also just the ambition of his passing, always looking to take that little bit of a risk. Like a real talent. Special talent, absolutely. And look... You know, he, he cuts inside on that left. So he plays on the right-hand side, as people know. He cuts inside on that left and he shoots or he crosses. But he's well capable of going outside on the right. And he got in some lovely balls from that, particularly in the first half. I think he'd lines in, in, in tatters on that side in the first half, particularly. So, look, I think Pats are going to be really good going forward this season. I think there's a lot of options there and, and, and different ways of mixing it up. We were really poor against Bowes on, on Monday night and poor against Sligo last week. So there will be inconsistencies in a new team, but um, that was great tonight. We're all delighted. We're all happy enough. I think Rovers are are nowhere near where they were last season, just in terms of their their confidence. They would have scored late goals all last season. I mean, that was the fear. And, and yeah, you saw what happened with Derry last week. So I think Rovers are, are, are definitely up against it this year. They're still probably favourites, but uh, that wasn't a great, great Rovers performance at all tonight. I don't think Pat's had that fear really necessarily from them. Shane, uh, Dara Burns obviously got a lot of people talking after the first night of the season. I, I know you didn't mm. see the game tonight, but I, 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 he's obviously got a, you know, he's got a bit of trickery in him. But it was, it was his passing that stood out for me tonight. Actually, that you know he was he was trying a little bit of everything. Like he's still only he's still only nineteen in terms of those young talents that are in the league at the moment. Where is he for you? All right, right, right up there. Um, like, it, yeah, your description of it is is good. Whether it's whether it's going at players or whether it's trying to to find the pass. I mean, like the word, if you if you're to sum up Dara Burns in one word, it's 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 fearless. Like he is just completely fearless. Like he seems to play with a complete kind of freedom that you know I don't care if something goes wrong here or there I'm just keep giving me the ball and I'm going to keep trying to make something happen um, and look he's he's an absolutely cracking player now it is very very interesting to hear Dermot talk about about Adam O'Reilly I saw Adam O'Reilly a couple of times for, for Waterford um, last year and I did I thought he was a very very good player um, and I, I, I was wondering would he make an impact at Pats I definitely thought he had the ability to do that so that's that's really interesting to hear that he, he came in and did such a good job but um, yeah, no, Dara. Look, um, it's one of those ones we often say it, don't we, as League Burden fans, that uh, you need to get out and see such and such a fella before he he unfortunately probably disappears out of our league. Uh, grab the opportunity while it's there, and I mean that one hundred percent applies to Dara Burns because you know it's very very hard to see Dara Burns being a League of Ireland player in in twenty twenty three. So grab grab the opportunity while you can. He's a fantastic footballer. Um, James Bank was a fantastic footballer. Um, Watford had a guy on tonight. So apologies now because I can't remember his name. I think he hasn't done his junior search yet. Uh, he started on the bench tonight. Galway United had Alex Murphy left back. Um, you know, a lot of people have spoken about Alex played underage for Ireland. He was absolutely outstanding at times tonight. He, for a player who's effectively a centre-back, his confidence on the ball was amazing. And funnily enough, Nathan, the, the club who really over the last year and a bit would be bringing in the fewest players in terms of uh, playing time on on the pitch from their academy are probably Sharma Rovers. Yeah, I'm sure Rovers would argue that maybe it's because their best players are uh, going abroad at a slightly younger age than some of those that are staying yeah. here. Uh, we should, we should, after just pure clarity here, Johnny, because we have had agents on the line already over the last <laughs> few weeks. You know, they're coming on big enough, their players. Uh, do you have shares in Alex Murphy? 
Um, I actually own 100% of them. Um, he doesn't know that, but uh, you know, he's a great lad. He's from uh, Anna Down, um, which is kind of the other side of uh, Loch Harb in Galway, more of a football area to be where, um, what's his name, the famous uh, footballer, uh, famous Galway footballer, Nathan, you should know Anna Down. Sorry? Well, Michael, Michael Donnell's Donald, uh, done more. He's, he's, he plays them now. Uh, his name escapes me. Really good footballer. Damien Comer. Damien Comer's from Anna Down. Oh. So, uh, He's he's um it's been interesting, uh, Nathan, because I've I've kind of followed his progress and I know that agents have been swarming all over him. And for a guy who's like not long turned uh he's he's not long turned, what, seventeen? Um, you know, it's it's an awful lot for him to take in and he's been linked with various clubs, but like it's rare the last time I was kind of this excited about a going United player was Ryan Manning, but the the sad reality of both of the situations is that you know that they're gonna leave. Uh, is Julian Canny still alongside you, Johnny? He is indeed. He's tell him he'll down. be our la- tell him he'll be our last caller tonight. He was on giving out. He was there for waiting for about forty minutes last week. We yeah. definitely get to him tonight. Yeah, well, like for for both of us, in fairness, we were probably there when Stephen Walsh made his debut or one of his early games. Um, you know, a night like this is kind of special to see a player who's a proper proper hometown hero go up and get the the equaliser and be with his kids after games. Fantastic to see. It was like the old days. Dermot, before we let you go, you talk about Pats there and, you know, realistically not being title contenders. And maybe we were all guilty of, well, firstly, the cup win last season, not taking enough into account of the turnover players and the change in management and how disruptive that would be. And there was probably a bit of a buzz after the President's Cup final. You know, is it preseason? Is it not preseason? That gave people a sense that maybe actually Pats were, were further along than they are. Like, at the end of this season, Take away the cups at the end of the season. League position. What what leaves you happy with Pats? Europe, uh, Nathan. Europe. It's got to be the aim for Pats. Look, I'm not saying. I think you get to know where teams are after the first series of games. You really get a sense of where the other teams are. Pats of Paddy Barrow, for example, to come back in. I think he's really going to make a difference when he comes back in at centre half because there's just a little bit lacking there in terms of the defence. And there's also a little bit lacking in terms of the midfield directly in front of them. Um, and Adam O'Reilly, as, as Seamus pointed out there tonight, was, was very good in that kind of sixth role. And maybe is going to be starting there, I think, for, for the weeks to come. But it will take Pats a while to gel. I think that the fans at, at Richmond are a little bit more patient than, than fans not too far away from us. Um, and I think people will wait, you know. Oh, I think people one will late wait. Dig, one late dig in there. It has to be done. It has to be done. Derby win. You have to do a bit of slagging. All right, all right. Well, let's see... Uh, uh, about a man who may not be too patient right now. Alan Kelly is with us on League of Ireland late night. How are you, Alan? Hello, can you hear me? I can, yeah. Can you hear us there loud and clear? I can, I can indeed. Uh, are you a Shells fan? I am, unfortunately. Uh, so, uh, sorry, sorry. I, I apologise. I'll be um, shot for that. Uh, Damien Duff Shelburne, obviously. <laughs> yeah, as, as we have come to be known. <laughs> uh, so, it's... Uh, <laughs> Well, listen, again, much like Pats and us getting uh, overexcited, we sort of believe that the Damien Duff factor might add something to Shelburne that's not just being a newly promoted side. It hasn't mm-hmm. really been the way so far. Uh, no, it's been, if anything, it's been quite the opposite, which is sad to say from my own point of view. I mean, so it's like some of the football we're playing is, is desperate. It, it genuinely, walking out of the game tonight, I'm wondering where we're going to get a goal from. And yeah, like it, it really is tough to watch at the minute. I mean, like I, it, and it's funny to say as well because Derry tonight. I mean, I know everyone is tipping them as 
kind of title contenders, that kind of thing. They're obviously going to challenge Rovers, but it felt like they were there for the taking. Um, but at the same time, never looked like we were ever going to trouble them, which is really, really worrying. Alan, did he? Did, did Duff bring on? Did Damien Duff bring on a takeoff Moylan in the first half? Yes, he did, and and that was a kind of a question around the stand. We didn't really know if he was if he was injured or not. Surely, surely had been injured. It had to be because it, it was the same thing as every other kind of game has gone, where Jack is picking up the ball from deep and he's beating a couple of lads and kind of getting everyone off their seat. But I mean, at, at the time you brought him off, it had to be an injury. It had to be no like because he was the only one offering anything, as he has been in the last couple of weeks. So, I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, even 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 the timing up, but I mean, forty three minutes. I mean, you don't yeah. you don't yeah. you don't make a change on forty three minutes unless you no. you absolutely have to. It had it had to be an injury, surely. I guess yeah. Alan, you you got to be realistic as well. Like you're playing Derry, uh, you lost to Pats and Derry. It's not the end of the world. You got four points otherwise. No, not not at all. It's not the end of the world. Um, but I mean, but I also standing there and watching it, like. They do look like they can be beaten, which is the which is the sad thing about it is that you can get at them, and um, but like it's just so disappointing that we offer absolutely nothing when we turn the ball over and go forward. It, like there is nothing there. I mean, even Alan, like, you're, like, yeah, you're you're definitely you're definitely not going to be free scoring, really, are you? Like when you no, look at, you know, there's, there's I'd, I'd I'd be interested to know how many. Uh, I'd be interested to see how many you know current League of Ireland goals are actually in the squad at all. To be honest with you, and again, that, if, you know, if that's you not, on, uh, genuinely, if you could go on to Bet three six five right now and put a few quid on who's going to be the lowest scoring team in the league. Yeah. We have to be close because any time we turn the ball over, we look like we are bereft of going yeah. anything. Holly Horgan will be on saying that Finn Harps are the value in that part. I do think they'd, they'd even beat us. I mean, they're, you've got a goal tonight against Cubs, and I'm standing there and talking. I'm like, when is the next time we're going to see a goal in this stadium? <laughs> it's so hard to say, but. At the same time, it really looks like we're going nowhere. It's stuck in the mud kind of whenever we get it. Ah, uh, come on, it's four games into the season. It is. At the same time, it is. And I'm trying to be optimistic. Even when we, we go one nil down and we're turning it over and there's so many of us there, which is great to see because, you know, I mean, in years gone by, especially with being such a yo-yo club, like, you know. Um, Alan, answer me this. If Ian Morris was still in charge and Shells had four points from their opening four games, and had played mm-hmm. the way they had played, would you have been more satisfied than you were under Damien Duff, where because of Damien Duff, the footballer, and the dream and the magic that goes with Damien Duff, your expectations have just been raised unrealistically? I, I don't know about them being raised unrealistically. I think it's... Um, I mean, if, if, you, if you're to look outside, it's it, like, I mean, how many players have left and come in, you know, it's it's... A lot of players last year that would have been kind of the creative spark. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of standing there saying, "Why the hell is Ryan Brennan gone out of the squad?" And um, especially in matches like tonight, where you're turning the ball over and you're just booting it up to Sean Boyd. I mean, as for, for all his endeavour, he's not going to do much with it when he gets it to his feet. Like he's looking to knock it off to somebody or do anything with it. But they're like. It's, it's, Alan, it's remind really, me, Alan, really who, who was your centre-forward last year? 
Last year was Mikey O'Connor. Oh yeah. Yeah, he was the he was the main man, and then it, like outside of him, it was Yo Yo Maddie who we were kind of like. He didn't seem to be fancied by Morris, or for whatever reason. Um, I think that uh, in saying that now, I think, and I was actually just speaking to a friend of mine who's who's a big Bose fan. Um, I think the big loss this year has been Yasin Inaya, who's obviously stayed with Morris and gone to Waterford. Yeah, uh, he played tonight, and um, he, was, he was actually taken off. He did a relatively quiet game. Did he? Did he? Um, I mean, like last year, I like I also would be outside of following the League of Ireland. I would I'd be watching Chelsea. My dad's a big Chelsea fan, and I remember he made his debut for Nottingham Forest against Chelsea, and he came on and he just kind of ran rings around people. And then when he signed for Chelsea, I was like, "What the hell is going on here? This fella is shit hot." Um, and he was brilliant last year. I mean, I thought he was very good. He was very direct. He took people on, which is. I mean, contrary to what Shells have had in the past, I mean, like, Dale Rooney, God love him. He's never going to beat him out of pace, but Inaya, he, he looked brilliant last year, so I was very surprised that he got set, he got let go, you know? Alan, can I, can I ask you one other question there? I, I know you're probably focusing on your own team more than, than the opposition. But the, the one that intrigues me, um, the one that intrigues me for Derry at the moment is is Brandon Kavanagh. Um, I, I was at the, the Galway Bray playoff game last year. I know Johnny was at as well, and he, he scored an absolutely superb, superb goal. And when when Derry signed him, and I don't know we might, whether if we have any Derry listeners on, they might give us a better a better take on it. When Derry signed him, I thought that's that's an interesting one. But you know, will he get will he get enough game time to make an impression? Brandon Kavanagh has played every minute of every game so far for Derry this season. Which, uh, you right. know, you're, by and large, the creative players, the number 10s and teams, tend to find themselves in and out of the side. And when Derry have such a, a, a wealth of, you know, talent that they've got there at the moment, he, he must be, he, he must be really, really flying. Did, did you notice, did, did, did he catch the eye tonight or did you notice much about like, him either way tonight? I'll, I'll be honest with you, like, I, I know a lot about him from his time with Bray. Um, but at the same time tonight... It, it genuinely, it was like one of those games where, uh, like, half time I was almost singing, like, we're going to win nil-nil. Like, you know what I mean? Because it genuinely looked like nobody on the pitch could score a goal. Um, now, in the second half, they picked it up They picked it up a little bit. Um, but, like, I'm standing there, and as I said, like, again, meeting Bose fans after the match, it was like, they, they don't look that like they would trouble any of the top teams. Um, now, also at the same time, I mean, I thought our defense like stood stood pretty strong against them. Like O'Driscoll, I know a lot's been said about him from Shells fans in the last couple of weeks, and um, but I think a lot of it is kind of unwarranted just because of the way he kind of moves himself. He kind of runs. He looks a bit gangly and awkward, but he's actually very effective. And um, but other than that, like they they really really didn't look like they create a lot. Their goal came from, like, it was very scrappy, you know. It was just a tap-in from a parry from Webb and Gold, who also has come in for a lot of criticism, um, which I don't think he would have come in for if it wasn't for Brendan Clark being the man behind them. Uh, but other than that, I mean, Cabinet, like, he, he didn't look good, but then again... I could say that for any of the any of the times you've in the pitch, you know. 
Uh, Connor Casey was in touch on Twitter. Uh, he's using the hashtag LOI late night, saying Moylan was injured, looked like a hamstring. But he agrees yeah. He agrees with Jalen, saying that it's hard to see where the goals have come from. And Dave Butler, right. I'm not sure if he's talking about shells, asking about the kickout situation. Why is there two in the box and then going long? <laughs> I, know, I really, really don't know. And it's, it's a funny modern phenomenon. It really is because I was standing there at halftime and I was about to get my chips. And uh, Dan Carr walked by me and I was looking at him and I was like, like, what the fuck would you be doing different if you were standing on the pitch there? Because they offered after, like, I, I genuinely haven't. Like, I, mean, I went out to UCD on Monday. I thought that was bad. But mother of God, <laughs> they really, really disheartened you because it looks like there's no goals coming from absolutely anywhere. I know yeah. they get the often score the goal. In my opinion, a bit of a tap-in off a draw to mistake. Um, didn't see the pitch tonight. And Mark Coyle scored the goal, obviously off that breakaway. Who, without like without trying to be too harsh, is probably a bit. He was brutal tonight. Brutal against Robert. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you weren't. Glad you weren't too harsh. harsh. <laughs> I'm not trying, I hope he's not listening. But I'm not trying to go for the throat or anything because I do think he's a really good player in in the position that he's meant to do, as in like kind of sitting in front of the back and just kind of breaking things up and knocking it off. A. Durbin, I do have to say, he's becoming a quick fan favourite. Um, outside of that, they they like it really does look worrying. And I know they like we've done dark next week, and then we have pose on Monday, and it's just like, <laughs> where on earth are we gonna go? You I only hope you have that lovely dog. You're gone, Johnny. Johnny has some Johnny. words of wisdom. Uh, on the again, is he? Yeah, God knows. God knows. He's on the bus. He's probably been sent. As long as he's not in my house in Galway, which is all my concern and things like this. Johnny Ward, just for the League of Ireland late light listeners, just just to let him know, uh, every so often on a Friday night, I get a text at uh, half 11 from Johnny Ward, sitting on my couch in my home house, in my home house, with my mother having just made him a cup of tea and a sandwich. He's like, oh, I'm staying the night. Now, there's nothing like going on as far as I know. But uh, yeah, he's basically the favorite son now. It's very upsetting. <laughs> I don't even have a bedroom there now. It's now Johnny Ward's room. Pictures of Johnny around the house. It's very upsetting. You're better uh, off. Better off. Uh, Alan, great stuff. Thanks a lot for uh, calling Cheers in to League of Ireland. Yeah. If you want yeah. to get on, we're going to rush through a few the more best. callers. Uh, just click on to request down in the bottom left-hand corner and we'll get to you. Shane, just before we move on from Bowles, uh, Damien Duff is four games into his first job in senior management. Is it not understandable that maybe he is being quite conservative and quite defensive and sort of building from the back? Of course, Dave. 100%. I mean, I said at the start of... You're gone now, Shane. We're having all sorts of technical issues. You're not even on the bus. You're not even on the bus. (laughs) Can you hear me now? I can, I can, just about. Okay. Talking to your microphone there. I am, I am. I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. Um, yeah, look, he, there's so many new players there, Nathan, for a start. And then, obviously, a new manager coming in as well. I said at the start of the season that Shells will have a far, far better second half of the season than they will first. And that's still the case. That's absolutely still the case. I mean, there'll be. I'd be very surprised. There seems to be some level-headedness over, over there. There'll be nobody pressing any panic buttons yet, I don't think, you know. 
All right, let's go to Shane Kennedy, uh, who's been waiting to come in. Apologies to Ian Hayden, who's just hopped offline, a UCD fan who I'm sure is bloody frustrated with life after their defeat up in Drogheda. But uh, Shane Kennedy is with us. Welcome to League of Ireland Late Night. What do you got to say for yourself, uh, Shane? Shane's fan. Can you hear me, lads? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Let me guess. You don't know where the goals are going to come from. No, I, I think Duffer's done quite well. I think he's he changed shape tonight, and I actually said to one of the lads last week, "Go was like he's going to get better as as he has more video evidence of of kind of teams. He doesn't know the league too well, and he made a slight change. He went three in the middle, where we played two in the middle of the last three games, and he brought Brian McManus in toy at the coil and the, and uh, A. Dervin, and I thought we like done like. Dirty have the best attacker in the league, nearly like. And I thought we just stifled them. They they didn't have a chance. They barely looked like they were going to score. And nil all home to Dirty. Like you have to be happy with that. And the goalkeeper makes. Look, he, he came in for some criticism off the fans. I think, but obviously, a man said Alan said Clarkie was behind them, and it is a bit of a. I don't know if Dubai's going to be too clever bringing in a new young keeper, but. Like Clarkie's one of the best goalkeepers in the league. For me, there's no need to do that. But he So this is uh, Lewis Webb yeah, who they brought yeah, in from Swansea. He kind of dives early and I think he, he expected a kind of a bullet header and it, it was a kind of a weak header and he dived a bit early and he kind of was down too low and he parried it, I think, from where I was looking at. Um, but yeah, we've done well. And then we, our goals are going to, we're going to struggle to score with the, with the forward players we have. But Conor Haynes go down left wing back but he, like the system and the style of play he's playing, I think it's quite enjoyable to watch as a, as a weaker team in the league. Like we're a bottom four team at the end of the day. People talk about us being full time this and full time that. We're not. We train in the morning, and he got rid of the players we got rid of from last year because they weren't fit enough. Like the lads were run all day. Like I think a lot was expected of us, but I, I think. We're happy, as you said. Someone, I don't know if Johnny said about Ian Morris, if he was there with four games in, four points on the board. Like, yeah, we drew with UCD and we dropped yeah. it, but they're the teams we should be getting points against or be expected to get points against. I think. Like, the argument against is obviously that the lads who left were fit enough to win. And no, to get promoted from the first sure. division last no, season. No, sure. Look at look at Drotted. Georgie Pointon was a fan favourite and he played centre midfield yeah. last year. Where's he playing this year? But Drotted, he's back right back because he's not good enough to play centre midfield. And Shane, what you say about um the goalkeeping situation very much interests me. And and I know this might sound a bit crazy given that he's like thirty two or three, but I actually think Brendan Clark is underrated as a goalie. I think he's a really, really good goalkeeper. And for me, he definitely he definitely had a gamble not starting him at the start of the season because of his experience as well as his quality. Well, I'm pretty sure I said this after after the week one show, Johnny. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean to me didn't cover himself in glory the first night either so he didn't and it, it's but to be honest with you I'm, I'm making the point less so on on uh, doubts around Lewis Webb just more so on the lack of doubts around Brendan Clark I mean he's, yeah. you, talk, you talk about safe pair of hands you don't really get any safer like I mean you know you're gone again Shane oh he's just can you hear me yes He's just that sort of positive influence um, around the place, and I, I think, I, oh, I, I think to me it'd be a no-brainer for 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 to get him back into the goal for a couple of weeks or well for the rest of the season. In my opinion, I, 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 I can't see how he's out of that side. Shay, what you're saying uh, there then about 
the system. Like the easy thing in a way for Damien Duff, I don't think uh, from the little bit I see and know of Damien Duff's personality was ever going to happen. But the easy thing would have actually been to have shells as this free-flowing, open team that entertained everybody and everyone got excited about Damien Duff, the manager. But actually, he's being realistic. You're playing against Derry, who you know are currently top of the league. It would have been insanity. And we would have been hammering from for naivety if he'd got out and really tried to bring the game to them. That actually, the way he sets up defensively, conservatively for these first few games is the way to go. It is, it is. And even more so when you look at the players that he has at his disposal, you know. Um, no, no, he's, he, look, they're, they're, they're going about it in, in probably the only way that they can at the moment. I mean, I don't know whether they can, what sort of money is there, whether they can dip back into the into the transfer market kind of later in the year in terms of trying to improve things in the final third. But at the moment, at the moment, Shell's priority is probably, right, can we nick a couple of one nils here and there? And I, I can understand yeah. why. Shane Kennedy uh, is on the line as well, Shell's fan. Shane, is that is that your sense that what Shane Keegan will be saying? That, yeah. You know, that, that after the first round of fixtures, you'll expect a little bit more. Yeah. I think Wheel and Kerrigan are going to be, if they're finished, I don't know, with, with Rovers looking a bit light up front, I think they're probably going to give them more money than they kind of required. But they're like, where, where do you get the players in July from? Maybe contacts. So I thought Duffin might have had a bit more contacts in the UK. <laughs> it looked like, what are laughing for? <laughs> you thought you were going to be getting the, uh, the, the loans from Chelsea? I don't know, yeah, I don't. that was one thing I kind of maybe thought he might have a few contacts at Celtic or something, but that hasn't happened. Maybe that might happen in July, I don't know. Alan Kelly's yeah, back on the line. Alan, Alan, you're the one who feels that where no. the goals are coming from. Uh, Shane, isn't, Shane isn't, being, isn't quite as uh, concerned as you are. No, I, and I actually completely agree with Shane and what he said. Um, I, I'm, I genuinely am just more worried in where we're going to find the goals from. I do agree with everything he said in relation to how we kind of limited Derry to chances tonight at the same time. As us not having a shot on target, I don't remember Derry having a shot on target, which is obviously a very good sign. Um, as you said, us being uh, a, a bottom four side, as you said, <laughs> I, do, I do think there is a lot of potential there for us to go to go, to go go above that, having seen the likes of draw the UCD and Harps. Um, but outside of that, I just thought it'd pop back in to say, I do agree with Shane where he's coming from. Johnny, I think what Alan is saying is he believes they can go from being a sleeping giant to a giant. To, to a giant. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, I wish, I wish. Yeah, well, I, wish. I, I think Alan Keane called Go United a sleeping giant on the LOI highlight show, which is incredible considering we've achieved absolutely nothing ever, really. Like, we won the, we won the FAI Cup in 1991. That was like, I was, what, eight years of age or something we've done absolutely nothing since um, so like if we're if we're a sleeping giant don't know what shells are but it's going to be it's going to take time and certainly Joey O'Brien uh, they're new to management and they have a lot of new players in it's a difficult league Nathan uh, you know Owen Doyle has come in from League 1 where he was going regularly he hasn't scored in four games and it's it's not it's not the, sim- the simplest league to just like take over straight away and uh, I, I, I'd be looking at shells as more of a long term project all right, Alan, Shane, thanks a lot. Always a pleasure Cheers. to talk about Damien Duff Shelburne. And I do call Cheers, him again. You are listening Thank to League of Ireland Late Night. It is Nathan, Shane and Johnny with you as always. If you missed any of it, if you're just joining us late, uh, you were grabbing a pint after the game or 
you were watching the first half an hour of the Late Late Show and thought, actually, the better of it and wanted to hop on with us. It will be up as a podcast in full tomorrow morning on the OTB Sports app on Off The Ball. So just get onto that and uh, you can get it every Monday morning and you can have a full listen back if you miss any of it. But we want to get to a couple more callers and I want to go to Connor, who is a Drawhead United fan and is the happiest man on the show tonight, I'd imagine, Connor. You there, Connor? Don't let me down. I think you're on mute, Connor. Connor H, this is your time. Drahada awaits. You're hey, muted. You're right. unmuted. You there, Connor? Connor he's actually the chairman who tonight um, got the record <laughs> crowd in Drahada because he got everyone in for free and he said they'll all be back next week, Connor. Can you hear us, Connor? Well, unfortunately, it doesn't look like it's happening for Connor right now. We'll see if we can get him on again in a couple of minutes. Uh, I was out in town on Monday night for Drogheda against Rovers, and obviously Rovers won the game, and Jack Byrne was the story afterwards, and was the only real story. i, I got to say, Shane, I was really impressed with Drogheda and their style of football, and again, going away from home against the champions, you know, got it down, got lots of men inside the Rovers' half, some really good quality passing. Uh, you know, again, first 20 minutes, you know, created a couple of chances, certainly deserving of their goal as well. And I'm not surprised to see that result tonight at home against UCD, considering the way they approached the game on Monday night against Rovers. Yeah, and that... Oh, we can hear you, Connor. How Go on, Connor. Go on. Good. Sorry about that. Yeah, I'm a, I got to pull in off the road there. Didn't want to get pulled up. Proper um, order. That's it. Yeah. No, we were really good tonight. We had a great crowd in, obviously, which was terrific. Um, I mean, just a... Which and I'm hoping they're all going to come back next week when we play Sligo. Um, but it was uh, no, it was a really good night and and uh, great to see some goals. I thought UCD were really good as well. They've got some wonderful footballers. Kerrigan is outstanding. He's a terrific talent. Um, but uh, Darren Markey for us, I think he's just such a good footballer. Like he's a joy to watch and he was brilliant tonight. And Sean Rowan is the one really. If I was, you know, one player to watch going forward, we have him on loan from Lincoln, and. He's a Rolls Royce of a footballer. I mean, he's only 17, 18. Um, and uh, he, he is just superb. If anyone gets a chance to see him this season, this guy's a future Irish international. Like, I mean, we're blessed to have him for, you know, with the, this season for on loan. But really, what a talent this kid is. Unbelievable. Connor, Connor the, the, bringing in those players alone has been a team across the league. Obviously, your former manager's been doing it at Pats. But, uh, I was delighted for Kev Dart tonight. I think he's one of the nicest guys in the league. Uh, you gave him the job with Dara Doyle. Um, you obviously believe in the two of them going forward. They're, they're two of the best guys you could want to work with. They have a smile on their face. They've created this wonderful atmosphere around the club. They've enhanced a lot of stuff around the club. I'm thrilled for Kev tonight as well. Uh, of course, he was, you know, I saw him after the game and he's scowling because he's like, oh, why do we concede that goal and everything? But because that's typical. But if he was. Uh, I was thrilled for him tonight, and I must say, again, we had a great crowd in, but our ultras, you know, the, the you know our, our ultras and the, and the fans just sang their hearts out for 90 minutes, and it created a great atmosphere. And right in the middle of it, you won't let me saying this, Killian Phillips, who we sold to Crystal Palace, some of you know, um, arrived in and uh, ended up in the middle of all the ultras waving flags as well. <laughs> so we had a really gas night with him, but it was a cracking night. It was it was a lovely evening. Um, the atmosphere was brilliant. It was just a brilliant advert for the league round, I thought. Connor, can I ask, well, what, what was the thinking behind the initiative? What, what, what sparked the idea to, to, to give the free entry? Yeah, well, two things. Well, one, the first thing was we promised 
during the pandemic that when your life was back to normal, that we would have a free game for everybody. So that was the first thing. So we're f- fulfilling a promise. Secondly, and I mean this with great respect, we never have a full house against UCD, right? Let, that's that's true, right? Yeah, we all know that. And uh, so we know there was capacity in there. And I just thought it was a good chance um, to, you know, to try and attract, uh, A, say thank you to frontline workers and all the people who, who you know stood by us during the pandemic, B, to try and attract new supporters. And I just hope that there's people who came tonight and looked at it and said, what a great night, uh, you know, we saw goals, we saw entertainment, we saw singing, we saw everything. And they think, I'll come back and watch it again against Sligo. And hopefully there's some kid going home tonight in the car with his dad going, Dad, that was amazing. Can we go again next week? I that, 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 yeah. that, that's, that's a lovely thing to do. I think like little gestures like that actually mean a lot. And, you know, you didn't get the, the gate receipts tonight. But as you say, people go home with a smile on their face. You see in Sligo, they indoctrinate like North Korea when babies are born. They give them a jersey <laughs> in the local hospital. And in Galway tonight, like there were so many kids at the game. They enjoyed it. And like, I, I think, you know, if, if clubs could have days where like everyone with a non-Irish passport gets in for free, stuff like that, get, you know, non-nationals coming into the games. And like what you did tonight, I think everyone long term i think it's a great idea jesus johnny you've just given me a brilliant idea i'm gonna borrow that one that's that's my next one right Top three are the non-nationals that's a brilliant idea actually it really Con- it's a genuine Connor, do, do, the other the, the one other thing that's that, that strikes me i'm just looking at the at, at the goal scores and looking at the lineup tonight we're, we're kind of bemoaning um the lack of 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 out and out centre forwards, the lack of, of of goal scorers, maybe to a certain extent there earlier on, and like you've got not one, but you've got two players who could literally only be described as foxes in the box because they oh, are that. they are surely the two best amongst the two best poaching finishers uh, in the league there with 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 Dean Williams and Chris Lyons. I think he... Oh, they were brilliant. Uh, I mean, Chris, look, Chris is a nightmare to play against. I pity any defender playing against him. But two great goals tonight. I mean, one of them's an absolute belter, a curler. Deegan, Deegan scored a super goal as well. But, you know, Dean Williams is this super talent who, you know, we all know how good he was at Shamrock Rovers. We're blessed to get him. And he's, his movement and everything is super. So, there's, look, there's loads of talent in the squad. And when we brought on people like Darren Huge and Dale Rooney and others, and we still have Ryan Brennan not fit, and we've Sam Long, the keeper, you know, we've got uh, Keith Cowan came back tonight. And and, uh, and again, Adam Foley. So, there's, like, there's a lot of talent in the squad, but you need that over a season. Like, that's the big thing. But I have to say, UCD... I think they played beautiful football. It was great to see Andy Minor back at the United Park, and uh, there's some real, there's some real talent there as well. Like there's a lot of really, real, I mean, Kerrigan, God, I could watch him all day. I think he's he scored a stunning goal. Honestly, when you see it, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Saying that uh, Brendan Clark has come in as a listener, should we fill him with all the love again while he's listening now and just say that we think he's great? <laughs> we won't embarrass him. <laughs> He'll be gone with it about uh, three seconds. Uh, Connor, thanks for coming on. And as you say, I think. Uh, watch back the highlights of that game because there were several brilliant goals uh, yeah, in that the game. Show, lads, by the way, it's brilliant. Thanks Cheers. again. See you. Uh, Gary Deegan scored a smashing goal from the edge of the area. Here's one that we can uh, debate up next week. Has Gary Deegan got the best beard in Irish football? The hell of a beard. Like you can easily see, like Lynn Bird having a nest in it. He's uh, and and it said to me after the Rovers game the other night, Gary Deegan is finished. I watched him at Shell at the end of the season before last, and to me, he looked gone at the game at that stage, and he was actually a totally inspired signing by Tim Clancy. Tim Clancy knew him from his own playing days. And he was massive for draw the last season and uh, he's just such a leader on the pitch as well. He's a bit demented on the pitch. He's mad, but a uh, massive win for draw tonight.
There's nothing wrong with that. You are listening to League of Ireland Late Night. It is Nathan Murphy, Shane Keegan and Johnny Ward with you every Friday night at 10 o'clock throughout the League of Ireland season. If you missed any of it, you can listen back to the podcast from tomorrow morning. Just download the OTB Sports app and you'll get that there. Let's run through a couple more callers very quickly because we're, well, we're over an hour at this stage. And I want to go to Dan O'Carroll, who I think is a Shamrock Rovers fan. Are you, Dan? Unmute yourself there, Dan. No, he's gone. The Rovers fans have nothing to say for themselves tonight, unfortunately. Uh, let's go instead to Jake Davies. Uh, Jake, I'm not sure if you can hear us there. Hopefully uh, the technical gremlins are killing us tonight. Are you there, Jake? Speak up, please. Can you hear us there, Jake? Yeah. We're not getting Jake either. We're going to have to run on down through the list, I think. <laughs> Dave Sheehan. Dave Sheehan. Next in line. Are you there, Dave? I don't know what the hell is happening. We're having uh, several Johnny Wards all at once is the only way I can describe it, I think, Shane. You're on mute there at the minute, Dave. If you can come off and you do seem to be... Come off, come off mute there, there Dave. Or Jake. Ah, there he is. There, there he is. is. There you go. Phew. Got somebody at last. Yeah, I'm probably I'm probably just... I just caught the tail end of Connor there, so I might be duplicating what he said. Um, but yeah, a big win. A big win for Drogheda tonight. I was there, obviously, myself. Um, three cracking goals. Gary Deegans and Chris Lyons were, were both fantastic. But Kerrigan's, if you see it back... Probably a bit of a mix up between um, Colin McCabe and Keith Cowan. I think Colin McCabe came out unnecessarily and got caught, but it was a brilliant, brilliant finish from Kerrigan. Um, but you know, a, a very important win for Drogheda. You don't want to go too long into the season without getting your first win, and it was a big one for them. So I'm sure Connor was delighted. They play good football as well. Like they're a good team. Yeah, and it's interesting. Like what Johnny said there about Gary Deegan. Like from ten minutes into the game he was down underneath us the ball went out for throw in and he was he was shouting at the lads, the draw the lads to to take more time on the ball because they were getting more time. And if you see Chris Lyons goal in particular, he got the ball, he had got time to turn and got the shot away. So Gary Deegan, like as Johnny said there, like he's been he's been key for them and he's probably as you said there, like somebody that maybe looked like he was at the end of his career a couple of years ago at Shelburne, but last season and this season so far he's been inspirational for them. And um as uh Connor mentioned getting a few lads back. Sam Long should be in contention next week, Kevin said. So I know they've got high hopes for him. Sean Rowan was fantastic tonight as well uh, in on loan from Lincoln. He was really good. They got Keith Cowan in off the bench. He's back to fitness. So, you know, I think a lot of people were, were forecasting Drogheda would struggle this season. And, you know, it's early days. But I thought they showed enough against Rovers the other night and, and again tonight to suggest that they'll they'll do okay. So, um, yeah, it, it was a positive night for them for sure. I know you cover both teams up in the Northeast, David. Uh, there's a game tomorrow night, Sligo against the Dock. Dundalk win that they're top of the league. Yeah, well, I have to I have to doff my cap to Adrian Taff, who covers Dundalk more than me. But yeah, certainly it's it's been a, it's been a mad start for Dundalk. Two two all draws and and a win last week against Finn Harps when they could have probably been a couple of goals down early in that game. But yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a cracking game. Sligo started them, themselves quite well too. So yeah, tomorrow night's going to be going to be a very interesting one and. I think there's there's a lot of teams early on now in this stage of the season that can can have high hopes. So it's it's shaping up to be a, a fascinating season. So what, 
what Shane, what Shane said there about shells, about like, uh, you know, shells will be better in the second half of the season. I think a lot of managers are thinking that about their team, including Stephen O'Donnell, who'll be like, well, I've brought in quite a few new players here, um, and these players are going to improve. I imagine Pats are the same. Bowls can only be the same because they have a lot of new players in, and a lot of managers are thinking, we're going to improve, we're going to improve, and like, if Dundalk go top would be bonkers at this stage after the start that they had to go top. Um, crazy stuff, and Stephen O'Donnell will be delighted. It's a tough game to call tomorrow night, I think, Nathan. All right, Dave, thanks a lot for joining in. We'll go to our last caller then of the night on League of Ireland Late Night. Luke Jennings is with us. How are you keeping, Luke? Welcome along to League of Ireland Late Night. Not too bad, lads. How are you getting on? What were you watching tonight? I was at Richmond Park. I was watching Rovers Pats as a Rovers fan. And uh, what's your assessment then? Rovers, four games in, two defeats already? Yeah, it's uh, it's not what I would have hoped initially for. Um, we, we had a lot of the ball, but we just seemed to... We, we seem to keep possession in a lot in the safe areas. We don't really penetrate defences when we have the ball. Like we we kind of pass it around the back, bring it out wide. There's no... See, Gaffney drops deep, so there isn't really an outlet in the box. And we kind of just recycle the ball until it goes out for a throw-in or a corner and then so on, so on. So, yeah, it's just it's a bit deflating. Like, um, we've Jack, Byrne... Um, Graham Burke isn't getting his game, but when he came on tonight, he was our best player. And, uh, yeah, I'm just... as. Johnny, you said in the past, like uh, there's a lot of big personalities in this Rovers dressing room. It's just a matter, a matter of keeping everyone happy. And I feel like right now, the results aren't right, and uh, there's a lot of big players on the bench. Luke, can I can I challenge you then? So, so if you're sure. if you're Stephen Bradley right now, and you have got a big, obviously you've got a massive game next weekend, particularly on the back of the current results. Um, so, so Richie Towell, Richie Towell, Jack Byrne, Danny Mandreo, Graham Burke. Like what? How many of those? Is, how many of those is in your starting eleven? Where are you? Where are you putting them? What? What? How do you try and? How do you make the most out of these embarrassment riches? See, I think the issue lies. Um, I feel like some players are in our team on merit. Like, um, for example, like Danny Mandre has been great for us last season, but on Monday he did not play well against Rod and he got taken off. And Greenberg came on and scored. However, tonight Greenberg was on the bench and Danny Mandre started again. So, just I'm not saying everyone should be starting, but I just feel if somebody doesn't perform in a certain game then the next player should be given a chance. And I feel like that's where the trouble lies, you know? Shane, is there not an argument for starting them all? Like you're the best team in the league. You've got strength all over the park that you do sacrifice a player elsewhere and add another attacking talent in so that like, they have more possession than anyone else. That when you get the ball, actually you're bringing it more into the final third than in the middle third where a lot of it seems to be at the moment. You know, I think the only way of getting all four of them into the team, obviously, is is if you do go back to a four two three one and and you literally play three of those four as your your three behind your centre forward, and then you play Richie Towell as one of your two centre mids um, alongside, let's say, uh, Gary O'Neill, and even that means dropping dropping somebody like Dylan Watts, and and will they, will they start tripping over each other? Like, will they start getting in each other's way? Like, really, probably the only way to do that would be if is if Jack plays the out and out ten. And you have Graham Burke and Danny Mandreo either side of them drifting into those pockets or playing as tucked in, tucked in wingers, if that makes sense. I don't know. Could they try it? Uh, look, I think you'd probably maybe get away with it against the bottom half teams being that kind of all-out attack. Um, would I chance it against Bowes? No, I think that would probably be a bit too much attack and talent. But they probably do need to find a way to get three of the four of them into the team um, if they could, at least. I think all four might be slight overkill. 
I, I don't think I don't think Bradley's going to change the system like he's been playing this way since 2019. Um, the possible that he was doing towards the end of last season was he was starting Graham Burke up top and sort of playing him in the false nine role. So that could be an option too. Do you know, we'll Luke, see. how big is the game on Friday now? Because you imagine Bose fans will be giving absolute dogs abuse to all these Rovers players. And, like, it, you know, it was a cauldron for the cup game last season. It was a horrible atmosphere. Like, how big a game is this? It's, it hangs in the balance completely. Like, if we lose to, on Friday night against Bose, we have, will have lost more games more than we've won after five games, which is a disaster considering how big our budget is and the fact that we're reigning champions. It's a must win. There's no question about it. You've already sold 6,000 uh, tickets for Tala already. Like, it's a huge game. Everyone knows the value. We, we must win if we are to win the league this season. Because, you know, like Derry have had a finish in the top four last year. They've got a half a new squad. And they have their two points ahead of us. And everyone was going to say, oh, Derry, we're going to bet in their new squad. But they, they beat us. They're two points ahead of us. So what happens when Derry start to get a settled 11? And they, they could be gone. So we just need to... I know we're not playing well, Renee. We need to get some points on the board and just stay in the mix until the summer and we need a striker in my opinion I think next Friday's League of Ireland late night is going to be tasty after Rovers and Bowes at a packed Tallis Stadium Luke thanks for hopping on League of Ireland late night thanks lads thanks for having me cheers we're pretty much done but Johnny are you still with Julian Kenny? we are indeed Julian Julian's waited 40 minutes last week he's been stuck with you in the car all this week life is pretty grim for Julian right now let's be honest but go United won it's, oh, no, it's, it's, going, I drew, sorry, 2-0 down. Yeah. They drew to all. But four points in the other two games. you got to be happy, Julian. It, it, it felt like a win to me, Nathan, because I missed the first 15 minutes of the game, thanks to Johnny. We were 1-0 down when I got in. What did so, he do this of time? The, of the 75 minutes I saw, we won 2-1. So. Well, sorry, that, that's actually not what happened at all. So I had arranged that we get in to the car park. Uh, I was let down, even though the Bon Garda, I actually recognised her from years back. And she said, yeah, no problem at all, drive in. And then that didn't happen. And, of course, my selfishness came in. I was like, oh, Julian, that's terrible. All the best. I'm going into the game. You can park 15 minutes away. And Julian missed a goal lap for a four-and-a-half-hour drive from Dublin. And can I ask you where you recognise the Bon Garda from? Um, Copper. Yeah, you, you can ask. That is all. <laughs> Coppers. CPs. Oh, but Julian, was, Julian was very, uh, he was very uh, kind of selfless. We're, we're on the drive back now. And uh, I don't know, Julian, like we're, 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 we've, we've high hopes for the season ahead now. Uh, absolutely, yeah. I, th- I think on paper, you looked at the first two games, you're away to Cork and then home to Waterford. You were obviously, looked like they were going to be our two challenges. We've got four points from those games. We could have easily beat Waterford tonight now. As Johnny said earlier, it was a real game of two halves. At half time, we looked desperate. You were kind of thinking, geez, Waterford are just going to win this walk the league. But, um, but now in the second half, like, they have a lot of experienced players, but they're quite, um, I think they're quite slow at the back. Like, that Eddie Nolan playing and Anthony Wordsworth, who kind of ran the game for them, but he's quite slow. And so they conceded two against us tonight. They conceded two against Athlone as well. So I'm not sure um, how good Waterford are either. But, like, I'm delighted that we've got four points in those two games and we're playing Bray next week now and we know obviously Bray the week off now but there's definitely a chance we beat them and then we're going to ride up there at the top and uh, yeah confident for the season now so I think Alan Patchell the referee is, is listening in as well Nathan and uh, you won't have the time to answer Alan but you should have sent Wordsworth off you should have given him a second yellow that is all well, as long as the referee and Finn Harps isn't listening in, I think we're all going to be all right. That's the main there's reason. No, there's no way to get this on Talk Sport, Nathan. There's no way the referees are listening in to Talk Sport in the UK. This is where we, this is where we trump them. 
All right. Well, that I think is pretty much it for this week's League of Ireland Late Night. Julian and Johnny, safe trip back to Dublin. Thanks, Nathan. All the best. Thanks, uh, Shane Keegan, thank you as always. Cheers, Nathan. Thank you to everybody who called in once again tonight on League of Ireland Late Night. We're back every Friday night live on the Off The Ball Twitter spaces from 10 o'clock. Remember, it is your show. It is your phone-in. We want the listeners on. We want the supporters on giving your opinions. Just click that little request button down on the bottom left-hand side and you can come on live with us any Friday night. And I think next Friday night is going to be a big one with that Rovers-Bowes clash at Tallis Stadium. If you missed any of it, if you logged on late, the full show is going to be up as a podcast tomorrow morning.